You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Okay, so I'm not really an art sort of culture guy. Miriam will be able to confirm that. But I did think this was pretty cool as I was reading around for this, uh, for this message. This is the first, the earliest known painting of Christians having communion. It's called a Fractio Panis Fresca, and it's about 100 to 150 AD when it was painted. It's in a, in a basilica in Rome. And just to highlight, if you had a, just a superficial look at that picture, you'd just see a few people sitting down. If you looked a bit more closely, you'd see there's seven people, there's six men and there's one woman. Um, you can't see the detail, but the middle fellow is breaking some bread and there's a cup of wine at the table. So looking a bit closer, you can tell that it's a, it's a communion meal. If you looked a bit closer again, uh, there's a plate with four loaves of bread. So those four plus the loaves that the bread is holding, that's five loaves. And there's another plate with two fishes there. So the, the artist is bringing to memory the, the miracle of Jesus uh, with, the, with the five loaves and the two fishes. Also off to the sides there's some baskets that have the, the pieces of bread which represented the leftover bread from that miracle of Jesus. Um, so this is just to highlight the point that sometimes the, the deeper you look into something, the more you can be, become aware of how deep and, and rich something is. And so I'd like to do that in a similar way with communion today. Uh, next, next slide, please. Yeah. Um, so the first passage I'd like to look at, and this is just to, to look at an overall concept with communion. So Luke 22, 19 to 20. And he took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, the cup, after they had eaten saying, this cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Next slide, please. Um, I'd just like to focus on that, that phrase, in remembrance of me. Um, the, the New Testament scholar, Tom Wright, says, says, it's quite, says it quite well. It doesn't just mean, mean just simply remembering Jesus and his death. We don't simply just recall the events of Calgary with our mind and hearts in faith and love and all, though we do do that, we should do that as we come to the table. Um, but there's something else, it means somehow that Jesus is now present, uh, that his one-off death is made contemporary with us. This unique past event rushes forward to accompany us on our journey. Uh, next slide. Um, John Mark Corman says it a bit more abbreviated way. We're dragging the past events of Jesus' life and death and resurrection and our future hope into the now. And we're letting that reality shape how we live now to change the trajectory of our lives. Um, if I could do a bit of a, uh, a clumsy analogy. I look at my life sometimes BC, AC, before children, after children. And before children, I used to do quite a lot of things. And uh, one of them was play golf every, every couple of weeks. And uh, I had a natural slice in my, my golf game. And I went and looked at some videos, I did some uh, training drills, read some things um, to try and fix it. From those training things, I had about three or four points to remember as I came up to make the golf shot. 
And as I remembered those things, if I brought them into reality, it generally made my golf shot a lot, a lot straighter. So that's the kind of concept we're talking about, remembering uh, the reality of what's happened, but bringing it into our life to change how we're living now. Oh, sorry, just go back one. Um, the, um, so the next thing I'd like to do is look at six different terms that have been used for communion. And each term kind of highlights a different aspect of communion. Um, I wonder if anyone would like to think or shout out some, some terms they've heard to describe communion, different ones. Eucharist. Eucharist, yep, yeah, that's a common one. Sorry? Lord's Supper, yeah, excellent. That's good, we've got a few there, so that's really good. So um, the first one we'll look at is, is just communion, obviously. Um, communion or cornonia is the Greek. Uh, it means um, community or fellowship, particularly in the setting of a, a deep fellowship where they're sharing for the good of each other. Um, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation or deep communion in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation or a deep communion in the body of Christ? Because there's one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Um, so in, in reflecting on this, this term for communion, it recognises uh, a deep relationship um, and being present with Jesus as we reflect that we're one with him and how he gave his life for us, we're to be present with him around the table. Uh, you might remember Marin did a really good talk a, a few weeks ago about being present with people. Um, so we're to be present with Jesus, but we're also to be present with each other. And generally that means listening to each other, truly hearing people around us and being on the lookout to give, to give help to others. Uh, so that's the first term, communion. Uh, the second one, the breaking of the bread. In fact, that, that, that name for that painting, Fractio Penis, means breaking of the bread. Uh, it's Luke's favourite name uh, for communion. Uh, and we've talked before about how the, the loaf being torn apart is a, is a visual reminder of Jesus' body being broken for us. Uh, it's also a reminder that all life comes through death. All the food we, we eat to give us life has come from the death of an animal or death from a plant but particularly that our life now comes through the death of Jesus. The life we live now has come through the death of Jesus. In terms of how that affects our life now and bringing it into how we live now, we are also called to live lives of sacrificial service. As we live that same life of sacrificial service, we bring the life of Jesus into the world around us. Uh, so that's number two, breaking of the bread. Number three is we identified uh, the Eucharist, uh, which uh, the Greek word is Eucharisto. Uh, used in several passages, it simply means to be thankful, to be grateful, to give thanks. And obviously around communion, the main, the main theme of giving thanks is for Jesus. Um, but we can also give thanks for uh, a, a variety of things in our lives and I think a, a great question at meals and as we gather is to ask everyone what are we thankful for uh, this week I really like next slide please um, 
The idea of this is to index our hearts towards gratitude, as John Mark Corman says, which is a fitting and right orientation of a follower of Jesus. We're, we're to have thankful hearts. Paul puts it in Ephesians that we're to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so thanks and gratitude. Now the fourth one's probably not so commonly known, are the love feast. To me, when I hear the love feast, I think of something dodgy happening at the back of Byron Bay or something. But, um, but Jude used this phrase uh, in Jude 12, and it was used a lot in the, in the early church by the early church fathers. I'll just read out this, this definition uh, from, a, from a, a New Testament dictionary, uh, because it really does highlight this aspect of, of the meals. Agape, a love feast public banquets instituted by the early Christian church and connected with the celebration of the Lord's Supper. The provisions were contributed by the more wealthy uh, individuals and were made common to all the Christians, whether rich or poor, who chose to partake. Portions were also sent to the sick and absent members. These love feasts were intended as an exhibition of the mutual love which is required by the Christian faith. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so there's, there's two aspects with the love feast. There's a celebration aspect to it. Philip Yancey writes, this is not where sinners find Christ, but where sons and daughters celebrate being found. So there's this celebratory aspect. There's also this aspect that it's a tangible expression of, of Jesus' love as the, the better off of sharing, sharing with the needy. Um, in our culture, which has been heavily influenced by Christianity and, and Christian thought, that's kind of a, a given to help the less fortunate. But in, in that culture, that was, that was unheard of. Um, this was a, a sort of a revolutionary thing. And probably for those meals, those meals were probably the best meal that the poor people had uh, for that week. Um, so that's a great aspect of communion. Number five, uh, we're nearly there, is the Lord's Supper. That could also be translated as Jesus' dinner. One passage that, that highlights uh, the significance of this is 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, Paul writes, When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Paul then goes on to describe the Lord's Supper again. If we could go to the next slide, please. Uh, and then he finishes off saying, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Uh, next slide, please. So the, the, the term the Lord's Supper or Jesus' dinner just reminds us that this dinner is, is about Jesus and it's his. And Jesus is holy, he is God, and these meals are to honour him and, and who he is. And not just as we gather around the table, uh, but also our lives are to reflect that. And uh, it's like a, a rededication to obey him. Um, this highlights we're not to have a sort of a flippant or cavalier or casual approach. We, we're to examine our lives before we even 
a turn up to it. It's, it's like a, a good seriousness, or someone put it, there's a healthy gravity uh, to it. Now, just one morning, um, this is a guy called Cyril in, uh, who, who wrote a lot of stuff in the 4th century AD in Jerusalem. And he wrote a bit of a manual about how to do communion. And so he writes this, Approaching communion, come not with your palms extended and stretched flat, nor with your fingers open, but make your left hand as if a throne for the right, and hollowing your palm, receive the body of Christ, saying after it, Amen. Man, Cyril, 4th century AD. Just to keep the golfing analogy going, in terms of seriousness, he's just smashed a 300 metre drive down the fairway on the third hole. The trouble is we're playing the fifth. Okay, so he's, he's got 10 out of 10 for seriousness, but he's gone, the seriousness is the wrong target. Uh, his target of seriousness has been technique um, and, and sort of religious technique and practice. The, the, right, targets, the right target for us with seriousness um, is our heart and mind and soul to, uh, to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and be committed to obeying him and bringing him glory and honour, not just around the table as we talked, um, but also in our lives. All right, the sixth term, so this is not a term that appears in scripture. This term appeared many centuries later, um, now more commonly used to, to describe a whole service, but, but certainly originally uh, with communion. And it, it came from a, a Latin phrase, ita missa est, which meant was with the, was it the, the it was said at the finish of the, the communion, and it really means go. You are sent out. Missa is the word we get we get mission from. Um, so although it's not from scripture, I think it highlights a really good point um, about our gatherings, um, and that is that they're not just to become sort of holy holy huddles or cosy culture for us to just stay in. Um, they're for us, and I'll, I'll just quote our, our church mission thing, which really fits in nicely with this. We're, we're to gather and grow, and, and that's our, our gatherings, our food gatherings, our communion, and then we're to go and, and give uh, outside of this community and outside of the walls. So um, the idea then is, as we, as we focus, as we gather and focus on these different aspects, so if we focus on the aspect of communion and deep relationship and being present with each other, um, as we look at Jesus' sacrifice and, uh, and decide to live sacrificially, uh, as we think about a Eucharist of being thankful and grateful, hopefully these things will spill out into our lives, out in our networks and neighbourhood, beyond the table. We'll be more present with people out in our networks and neighbourhoods uh, we'll be more likely to be sacrificially giving to people around us. We'll carry a sort of a thankful air about us. If we gather around tables and, and be joyful, we're more likely to be joyful out and about where we are. And uh, we're also, hopefully, as we, we rededicate our lives to following Jesus, uh, we'll, live, we'll live lives faithful to him. So uh, uh, an encouragement as we gather in our meals um, Jesus has given us a, a sort of a wonderful gift uh, of communion and I think it's something that can be uh, very rich, it can grow us, it can be a, a wonderful thing as we celebrate all those aspects of communion. 
bit of a challenge will be for us to think about as we gather in our meals how we can incorporate some of these things uh, into the meal. Uh, part of that, we'll put this slide up on the, um, on the Facebook page. Some, there's some resources as well, we'll link to it, uh, that are some tips on how to, how to bring those things uh, into the meal, so we'll do that as well. Uh, if we could just have the next slide. Um, so we're, we're just going to move straight in now to a, a, a time of communion. I'll just leave these different aspects of communion up there for us to reflect on. Uh, as, as we take the, the, uh, the bread and, and the juice today. So um, if the uh, stewards could come down, perhaps uh, Steve and Jono. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll, I'll just pray. Father, thank you that, um, that you're always caring for us and doing the best for us. And part of that, you gave us the gift of, of communion, of the Eucharist, of the breaking of the bread, uh, of the Lord's Supper, of the love feast, of, of the Mass. Um, Lord, we thank you for that gift. Um, Father, just lead us and equip us in our hearts and minds to to be thankful and uh, to have gratitude to you, um, to follow your example of, of sacrifice uh, and generosity, uh, to, have, to have joy in our hearts, uh, to have celebration, uh, but to look out for those who are needy around us. Uh, Lord, pray, grow us to be more like you so that we can bring you honour and glory wherever we go into this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.